This is the Relaxed Running Podcast. I'm Tyson Popplestone, and today you're in for a treat once again because we've got the great man, the two great men, two-time Olympian Dave McNeil and sports psychologist Bert Gershitter. This is a beautiful way to kickstart the week. It's a Sunday here. We've got Tiny Desk Concert on in the background. You might be able to hear Cheryl, Cheryl Crow pumping out some beautiful notes. I've tried to turn it down a little bit so I wouldn't disrupt this introduction too much though so uh, well that was a random tangent guys always a pleasure to catch up with these two guys dave is a full-blown unit of wisdom on the subject of running and all things life he's pretty much a bloke i just sit there and listen to and get smarter every time i do that bert gershita is um just the same plus 50 years he's 74 years old and he's absolutely just switched on when it comes switched on when it comes to the subject of distance running when it comes to the subject of life actually you know what any question you throw at bert i like the answer so these are a joy for me to sit down and record. Today, we, we wanted to talk specifically about routines and rituals that we have in our running performance from warm-ups to race day prep to training prep and some of the power of those rituals. It was really interesting to hear what a bloke of Dave's caliber does to get ready for his races, for his training. Um, so I really hope this is interesting to you guys and, and helpful as you try and figure out how to get the most out of yourself in your training sessions and in your race day preparation. Hey, once again, this podcast is sponsored by Rundy's Undies Athletic Underwear. They were created by Jess Stenson. Her name used to be Trengove. In my head, it's still Trengove. I know her as that. And her husband, Dylan Stenson, back in 2015. Side pivot, Jess is going to be on the podcast this week. We're catching up for a chat. She's a good mate of mine. Always enjoy talking to her. So if you've got any specific questions you would like to know off a athlete of Jess's caliber, shoot them through to me on Instagram. Slide into my cheeky little DMs and let me know what it is that you'd like me to ask her. It's going to be a fun conversation. So this Thursday, that one is taking place. Anyway, Rundy's was, uh, Rundy's, it's, it's a sports underwear. It's the best way I can explain it. I don't know if you have this problem, but you go for a long run in your cotton undies. They're a bit cloggy. They're a bit soggy. They're a bit yuck. It's not very nice. Rundy's, forget that problem. Doesn't happen. They're smooth. They're silky. They're comfortable. They've got bamboo fabric in the gusset. Google gusset. That'll make more sense. You guys get 25% off everything they have. They've got socks. They've got jocks. They got crop tops. They got a little G banger. I told you about that. I was cheeky last week. Told you I did the intro in a G banger. Don't know if it was true or not. I'll let you decide. Whatever image feels comfortable in your mind, sit with that. Anyway, go to rundies.com.au for a 25% discount off everything. Simply type in relaxed running, all in capitals, 25. Relaxed running, all in capitals, 25 to get you 25% off every single purchase. Also, I tell you this every week, and I've got a big crew of you over there now. Would love, if you've been thinking about it, come on over, check out the Relax Running membership. We've got bonus podcasts, 20, over 20 of them now. We do two or three of them a month, uh, training programs from 5K to the marathon. We've got the Elite or Experts Corner where we ask professionals, runners, doctors, exercise physiologists, physiotherapists, dietitians, your specific questions about how to improve, and we're developing a growing, growing library. It's getting big. If you don't like it after three days, you can just cancel it. We've got a free three-day trial. So jump on over to relaxrunning.com slash join. Check it out. If you hate it, cancel it. You won't be charged and I'll deal with the emotional effect of your refusal to be a part of our team. So let me get out of the way and introduce to you for today, Dave McNeil and Bert Gershida.
I uh, I had a horrible sleep last night. Um, the wind was howling. The um, the uh, garbage rubbish trucks came early this morning. Maggie was scratching. So I'm on my I'm on my second coffee. <laughs> Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. I was wondering if you'd already been for a run this morning, but what we're at nine nine fifteen. Have you have you been for the morning run yet? Or you just made the most of your your sleeping? Yeah, yeah. So I'm sure we'll get into this, but uh, yeah, I I haven't run this morning, um, and I haven't run for a few days, um, and, and I'm not injured. I just um, yeah. I last week it was kind of one of those Forrest Gump moments, you know, in the movie where he's he's on his big running journey, and um. And he's he's running along, and then all of a sudden he kind of stops and says, "I think I might go back now." So I had one of those I had one of those moments last week. Um, I did my track session on Tuesday, and I finished, and I was like, "I think I'm just going to have a break now." <laughs> so I uh, so I messaged my coach and and um, and said, uh, "There's nothing much on the horizon, <laughs> and it's been a long year, kind of training for nothing." I I kind of feel like it might be. Uh, might be useful just to have a break so i'm having a break <laughs> well so how long have you got off are you just going to take it as so, it comes yeah i've i've given well i've kind of set two weeks so um so oh oh i actually probably will go for a jog today um i've i've been out for some bike rides the last few days and um my foot my foot had been kind of like niggly a little bit so normally i just kind of run through it because it's um because it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have done it any harm. But since I decided to take the break, I thought, well, I might as well just like let my foot settle down a little bit and make the most of the break. So that's what I'm doing. So I haven't been out for a run this morning. <laughs> yeah, very nice. it's so nice. I always like asking people this question on on other podcasts as well. But but it's it's nice because it is such a demanding sport. Like I'm interested to know who takes the time off at the end of the season. And I used to always like taking two weeks, pretty much completely off um like maybe with a jog here and there because i just felt like for my headspace it was so nice to be able to do what you're doing right now dave and just wake up and go all right i'm gonna have a coffee i'm gonna put yeah. my feet up is there anything on netflix i want to watch and, and just uh just let everything relax a little bit i always found it was really rejuvenating and obviously yeah. i wasn't anywhere near your level but just to to be able to get back to training with that little recovery in the system was like oh thank god this feels so much better yeah it I, took it it took a little while to unwind actually like I remember on Wednesday I woke up and I was like, oh, I don't know if this was such a good idea because we're in the middle of a pandemic and I've got nothing else to do. So so running really was kind of my my saving grace in terms of having some structure and, and some actual purpose to my day. And uh, I at, at first I immediately regretted. I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have a break. <laughs> but um, I've, I've eased myself into it and um, – and uh, the the remedy has been just making sure I still get outside, and that's I mean that's what that's the that's kind of why I, why I run anyway. It's it's being outside and close to nature. So I've kept doing that and done on the bike a little bit, <laughs> but it took yeah. a little time. So Wait one sec, guys. You guys keep talking. I've got the mailman here. All right, I'll be back in one sec. Yeah, go. So was it really like like a Forest Cup moment? You were just kind of out there and going, I, I need a break or I want a break. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. I, um, I mean, I got, I got this, I had a really, I had a really good track session actually last Tuesday. And, um, and so it wasn't a question of like, oh, I'm struggling. I, I need this. Um, I mean, f- for probably, 
for probably three or four weeks leading up to that, um, I'd definitely been a bit up and down. I'd had some, you know, some rough sessions. I'd felt tired. Um, and that was probably the kind of the the main stimulus is that for a few weeks I'd just been feeling feeling a bit worn out. Yeah. Um, so I think it had been it had been building up, but it was um it it certainly it certainly was like a, a, a forest gump moment because I could have kept I could have just kept training, but I um I know it, yeah, for, for various reasons it's it's well it's it's obviously been a an unusual year in terms of um not having outcomes to kind of work towards, you know, races, Olympics, um, and, and all of that. And um, in many respects, it's been great for me to get into some consistent training again, which I haven't had for probably four or five years. Um, but without that, without that, uh, that sort of um, uh, carrot dangling in front of you, it's um, it's hard to kind of, I think, uh, yeah. Con- Keep, maintain maintain a certain level of intensity. Um, I I could certainly tick the boxes, and and that was actually probably one of the main things I needed to do. I didn't need to have the intensity. I just needed to keep ticking boxes and build more layers of consistency, and I did that. Um, but yeah, I think mentally it was. Um, I kind of had in my mind, look, if best case scenario, um, things start to sort of get back on track over the next few months, and and maybe they have a, a, a Zatapec 10K race in December, then that would probably be like the, the next thing that I would sort of aim for. Um, and if I didn't have a break between now and then, then I might just be sort of running on fumes by the time I get there. So it kind of seemed, it seemed like a good time, good time now to have a bit of a break. So, yeah. Yeah, beautiful. What are your thoughts on that, Bert, from a – sports psychology perspective do you have a like a a certain perspective that oh, i guess it's not one size fits all but for the athletes that you're helping is, is there any particular advice you give them when it comes to the end of the season in regards to taking recovery and some time to to just lay low well i mean whether it's an athlete or not an athlete we need breaks you know particular particularly being an athlete because that's very different than a lot of things because you're, you're functioning it, you know, well, particularly for David working at the Olympics. I mean, you're, you're functioning at a high level. Anyone's got a coach that's functioning at a high level. I mean, for me, you know, like I, w- I went for my bike ride this morning with my best buddy, you know, out, out in the woods. A whole different thing, you know. But, but for anyone who's got that intensity, I mean, the system simply needs a break, you know, and it's uh, – it's hard. I, I remember D- David said to me one time we were coming back from a, actually a bike ride in, in Sedona, and and I'll never forget. He said the hardest thing for him to do is when he's when he's when he's injured to slow down so he could really treat the injury well. You know, he said that was literally the hardest thing for him to do as as a runner because you're programmed to go and you're programmed to improve and you're programmed to to be consistent. You know the program goes that way. It was fascinating. You know, when you said that was literally the hardest thing to do was to literally to back off and and let the body rest. Yeah. Just yeah. to let the body slow down. It, it's interesting because the concept, both as an athlete or as a person, we can get 
caught up in going, which is a beautiful thing because that's where we actually succeed. And that's where we actually, you know, make in many ways miracles happen in our life <laughs> by going and creating things, you know, whether it's the podcast or the running or whatever it is, you, going is going. Yeah. Those of us who like to go have a hard time not going. So the answer you know, to your question is, who, you know, listen, you know, listen to that part that says, who, take a break and it's okay. And it's, and it is hard, you know, it's, yeah. you know, particularly for somebody who's consistently and many, many of the people who are listening to this are consistent. They're going, you know, every day or at least five days a week and doing something and trying to get better. So yeah, you're right. You're right. But it, it doesn't matter whether it's running or not. I mean, I had this, I, um, I had a, uh, caught up with a friend on the weekends um, and just sharing news and, you know, I said, yeah, I'm having a bit of a break from running. And, and we had the same, we had this same sort of conversation about the value of, of just um, taking a step back. And because uh, there's always that, um, whether it's running or work, there's always that temptation to keep going because, you know, it's, it's that old adage like there's, um, you know, there's always something else to be done. Um, the, the workload never slows down. Like you finish one thing and you move on to the next. And and you know if it's in the workplace, um, particularly particularly, and this is I'm sure this is for um, people that find themselves as their own boss. So you know they've got their own business and they're they're calling the shots. That they, they don't have their their mandatory you know two two weeks off or four weeks off each year. You got to actually make that call. Like you know, emails are coming in, business is coming in, um, things are, things are ticking along nicely and, and you, there's that fear of, of, um, interrupt, interrupting that momentum. And I think, um, certainly earlier in my career, I would have, uh, I, I did, I did fear that, you know, you fear it when you have an injury, you fear it when, you know, you get to the end of the season and you know, it's a good idea to take a break, but you're like, oh, but you know, if I miss a couple of weeks, I'm going to lose some fitness. And um, but the 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 positives of of clicking that reset button, um, mentally refreshing, um, investing your time in 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 other endeavors, um, it's it's invaluable, invaluable. Yeah, it's really good. It's funny. Yeah, it's funny you say that. It's it's relevant to non-runners as well. As I'm definitely not a runner in the sense of a competitive runner anymore, but the, the idea of still being a runner and getting out and about is, is in the system. But every Friday, um, I can see the benefit, Bert. And I know as a as a Jewish bloke, you would appreciate this as well with you. Usually we record on a Friday, uh, sorry, a Saturday morning our time and uh, what a Friday evening your time, just as you're about to hit pause on the end of the week and, and right. enjoy Sabbath or Shabbat right. or whatever, whatever yeah. you can, just, uh, just let the body just chill. And uh, I've, I've probably for the last 12 months started to do a bit more of a consistent practice of, of that, like on a Friday evening. Really? Um, yeah. 6 PM. I, I switch off the, the computer. Um, I, I always delete social media off my phone. Like I, I use it for work. That's probably the only reason I really use it. I've, I've used it a bit more recently because I've been showing off my new little baby, but yeah. um, uh, I delete social media off the phone. And, and for a while there, Jesse and I call it like a screen free Saturday. Um, we're not always consistent with it, but we'll, we'll t- turn the TV off, we'll turn the phones off and might just go to a park and go for a walk. And it's funny because like anyone who's got a phone knows that twitch you get when you you can't find it. It's like, oh, where is it? I want to look at something. And yeah. it's interesting to notice that for the first six hours, 
maybe not even that long anymore. Maybe for the first hour, it's like, oh, I wouldn't mind just checking an email or watching one more YouTube video or, uh, you know, just seeing one more photo. And you, you, you sort of just want to scratch that itch to, to check your phone. And then say after an hour or whatever now, your mind starts to relax a little bit. And um, honestly, sometimes I extend that out over through Saturday, oh, sorry, through Sunday and, and won't do any work at all over the weekend. And then Monday comes around and, and I'm really excited to get back into work. But there's also a part of me where it's like, ah, there's a, there's a real simplicity in, in not having this phone constantly attached to you, not having the TV, you're not constantly having to go, go, go. And just that that ah thing that you explained before, but it's it's like it's almost physical. When when I t- shut down my computer, it's like my body's almost doing the same thing. It's like a it's almost a physical relief when I hear my computer make the sound that it's switching off. It's almost it's sort of permission to do the same. So um, yeah. I can definitely see the benefit from from um, that perspective as well. But like from your perspective, Bert, as a bloke who's probably been practicing that for years and could speak on it more than I could, like. What is the reason that that you sort of inject that day into your week? Well, you know, it it is interesting because it's really only in the past maybe four or five years I've paid more attention to the Sabbath and and taking it off. And I'm I'm actually kind of blown away when when you were telling me, you know, you know, I'm I'm sort of doing that. Me, you know, I'm doing that too. I I was thinking to myself, where did I meet these guys? No, no, literally, you know, I mean. Who who else is going to tell me that they're taking Saturday off, you know, and they're not even Jewish, but they're but they're but somehow they figured it out. They're going, I don't know. I just got lucky, you know, that because so so maybe about four years ago, you know, I turned off my phone, you know, because I, I I had never done that. I just I just I, I didn't learn a lot of that stuff growing up. And then I have in the past few years. And I know. I'm just pausing now. It's interesting. Even even my pauses are part of not picking up. I don't have to think. I don't have to say something right away. You know, we're, we are doers and makers and shakers and responsible people. And we're going. And one of the things that, David, you, you had mentioned even before, you know, we talked about today was you know, maybe we'll talk about rituals or something like that. And, and we, we began to slowly move into that. You know, and to take a day off, that's not about doing, but it's about being. It's about being, like David said, you know, being really concentrating, being with nature, being with your family, or being with yourself, or being with the miracle of where we are. Uh, Then, literally, our whole being gets recharged. And, and what's the point of life? You know, we start to go, oh, we're doing, 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 doing. But, the, but there we go. Well, well, how come we're doing so much? You know, I'm like, what, what's, the, what's the point of this whole thing anyway? I'm running, I'm running, I'm running. What I'm doing? You know, what are we doing? You know, what, what? So we slow down on that day. We go, oh, what am I here for? I'm here to bring some light into the world. I'm here to keep on learning. I'm here to connect with the people that I love. I'm, I'm, I'm here to realize that I'm a tiny little thing in this infinitesimally large planet, but also important in my little place. We begin to slow down. We, we can actually get to the essence of what we're doing. So when we're doing, we can feel more purpose to it. So that, to me, is what that, that time off is. It, it doesn't take away from the importance of doing it all. Mm. You know, that's a very, very important. But 
when the doing do- feels like David, you were saying just sort of kicking boxes down, you know, when we're just going through the motions, it's different when we feel our purpose or actually spirit when we're doing it. And that refreshing day, and like you, you know, like you said, I said, I, I go back and I feel the charge, right? Because it's, it's, it's funny, David's electricity went out. Last last time, <laughs> Some, something blew a fuse. So I think you know, the analogies are all over the place. We <laughs> something something hit it too hard. We blow fuses all the time. In my practice as a counselor, that's a, that's not a small part of what I see. People who have worked so hard and so successful, but they haven't stopped, and all of a sudden they blow a fuse. Mm. So good. Sorry, right on cue. Little Charlie's just popped up in the background. I've been nervous all podcast that he's going to fire up. He's just had a big feed and I've just heard him. But I'll introduce you guys to him at the end, but he's quietened down right now. Great. That's great. It's interesting because Dave messaged me the other day and um, we were going to have a chat a little bit earlier about which direction we wanted to take it. But Dave said, mate, do you want to just start chatting? Because it always turns out to be a good conversation. I said, yeah, you're a man after my own heart. So, <laughs> Dave, uh, you said that you and Bert caught up a couple of weeks ago and what the, the subject of rituals came up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. Um, I, I should. I should say, you guys have inspired me. I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna set a uh, maybe a screen free Saturday as well. The the only the only issue is, um, my family will need to be a lot more organised with their um their 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 uh, their Sunday catch up. Um, you know, uh, impromptu run into the run into each other at the coffee shop type situation. Um, but. Uh, that's it just uh it's it's so appealing <laughs> well, you but guys I, have been my excuse on a couple of saturdays because obviously we record saturday morning our time so when when this has taken place i, I crack back open that computer but i always feel this leaving more charged than when i closed it you know what i mean so yeah, this is an exception to the no. rule but a good one uh, yeah yeah, I, it, yeah definitely an exception to the rule because the 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 truth is if if we had the opportunity we'd, we'd all meet up in person it's just it's nice to have uh the technological capacity to um to meet up in this way so uh a nice a nice compromise but um look i think in the same in the same light yeah bert and i caught up and um you know as as we as we usually do we check in on each other and how we're doing and um and yeah i mean running or no running um probably the last you know four to six weeks maybe a couple of months um i've uh like like I said, I I think the the break that I'm having from running now is probably building up. Uh, the need to have it was building up probably over a few weeks. Um, but one of the things that I'd uh, or if, I, I'd started doing a few things in the last month that um, yeah, in essence, got me to slow down and and um, got me to be a bit more intentional and um, and. I think I think what I started doing. I mean, it served a number of purposes. Um, I, I kind of call them rituals, um, and you can call them different things. But you know, I, I uh, and I think one ritual that always I start every day with um, is I I make my coffee. Um, I, <laughs> most I, I think most people will be um, astounded that I, I make the coffee not for the caffeine hit. I just enjoy the actual making. I, I enjoy the process of making it. You know, you, I could make it and, and give it to someone else and my, my morning would be off to a good start. I don't actually need to drink it. But um, I've always enjoyed um, 
getting up a little groggy in the morning and um, grinding my beans and then pouring them into my little filter V60 contraption um, and then boiling my water and then just slowly steeping the steeping the beans and just watching watching the water twirl around in the in between the beans and watching it soak through and drip drip into my cup and so that's that's um that's a that's been an ongoing ritual I think but um you know another thing I I, I started to do recently is I light candles all the time I just I uh, I'm at home and um, I'll just light a candle and I'll turn on some some you know some moody music and I'll just sit there and do nothing just watch my candle and and listen to the music um, and uh, you know sometimes sometimes read a book as well but um, I think yeah just this this intentional um, drawing attention um, is one positive thing. I think the other the other positive thing about rituals is they're 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 repeatable, they're constant. Um, there's a, there's some certainty about them, um, and and I think uh, I think certainly um, in the current climate, having uh, where there is so much uncertainty, I've found um, investing in in practices that you know are repeatable, certain, um, and and draw you out of this cloud of just constantly thinking about crap, what's going to happen next and crap, how much longer are we going to be in lockdown and crap, um, you know, what am I going to do about racing? How am I going to qualify for the Olympics? All of that stuff, draw, drawing your attention to something um, as simple as, as, a, as a lit candle, as simple as um, watching the water flow through your coffee beans um as simple as just listening to music um and and honestly as simple as going out for a run i'd be lying if i said you know running's a running's like my number one ritual um it, it really is i mean it's um it's there is a certain amount of uncertainty about it but when you're actually out running um and you're on your own and you're just you're out on a trail and you got trees rustling and birds chirping like there's there's certainly something ritualistic about that and and um and certainly the the capacity for it to uh kind of just bring you back to your senses i don't know if you listen to music or anything when you run dave but I, i've sort of the last couple of years i've I break this rule from time to time like if i've had a pretty quiet day as it is but a lot of the time i'll, I'll just go out and I'll just, just run for an hour or so, even if it's by myself, I'll just run and clear my head a little bit. And I, I saw you like one of the photos I posted on Instagram a couple of weeks ago, but I, I bought my 15-year-old cousin who's writing to martial arts uh, a book by Bruce Lee, um, a lot of his quotations from, from a lot of his writing, and, and it's called Striking Thoughts for anyone who's interested, and it's amazing. I can't stop writing. I still haven't given it to him yet. I've got the note written in there for him for happy birthday, but I haven't given it to him yet. But um, Bruce Lee, who's obviously – he's just he's so much more like he's the scope of what he's interested in and good at is so much broader than what I thought I thought he was just a fighter a martial art like a, a Wing Chun champion or whatever you call it he's obviously an actor and he was writing to his philosophy and he was a very deep thinker but one of the things that he spoke about is that every morning I think he was I think he was in Hong Kong said every morning he would go out and just do like an hour slow jog and he said it's the, the ritual of his day that allowed him just to be with his thoughts. He said because after that, that things started to get pretty 
pretty sped up. And I really related to that because, as you say, like running such a nice ritual, it's such a nice place just to go and it's weird once your blood starts flowing a little bit and you start breathing, things do become a lot more clear. Like, I don't know if you feel this after your long bike ride through the woods this morning, but but I can go out on a run with a problem and come back with the problem solved <laughs> and nothing's necessarily changed about the situation. It's just my headspace feels better about it. Like, oh, okay. And if I'm ever grumpy, um, which is probably more than I like to admit, Jesse goes, babe, have you been for a run? Like, have you gone out for a run? <laughs> I go, no, you got me. I'll go out for an hour run. She's like, you're such a nice person. <laughs> it, it, it's so funny you said that because here, here I showed up, my, you know, my, my best buddy who, who uh, we, we, David and I, we bike riding with it. And, and in his day, you know, the, in high school, he, so we're 74 now. And, and he, I think he ran like a, I think he told me like a 427 or something like that, a, a mile. So he, he was a, he was an athlete. Then he became the best rock climber, you know, in this area. And then at one point he ran from the bottom of the Grand Canyon to the top of Humphrey's Peak, which is over 12,000 feet. I don't know if that helps you, but that, you know, 12,000 feet. But anyway, he did it for, for under 20. So he's, so he's a really, an out, you know, a guy, you know, a, He's a dude, you know. I don't know why he and I got to be good friends, but that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother chapter, you know, in my book. Uh, so this morning he shows up and he's with his wife, and he is in a bad mood. I mean, he said, "I don't even want to go biking." <laughs> Literally, he says, and he was in a bad mood because there are fires in the area out west, and it's all smoky, and he had to drive through this beautiful canyon, and there are people there, and there's garbage all over the place. And he's just sensitive to that stuff. He hates it. And he was so grumpy when he got out of his car. <laughs> I can't even imagine him in a bad mood. Oh no, he's good. He's good at bad moves. Bad moves. <laughs> but but so it, it, but it was so just what we're talking about. So okay, so but then of course we have a talk about it, and then all of us say, "Did you ever regret going on a bike ride, or ever regret going on a run?" <laughs> no, no. I mean, no. But how many of them you said I would? I don't want to go on them. Maybe fifty percent of them. You know, yeah. it, it could be. So yeah. he went out and we had a great time. We didn't talk for a while. And he came back. And he said, well, I feel a lot better. So everyone who's listening to this right now <laughs> knows exactly what we're talking about. Oh, There's yeah. something about what you were talking about, David. Just the discipline, the movement, the doing, getting over the voice that says don't do it. And then literally you come to a place that you don't even know how you got to. But because you were smart enough to break the pattern that's going on in your head and go. I, I think everyone listening to, to this podcast who's, who's a runner is blessed more than most people in the whole world. Because you get to pause at least whatever number of days a week it is for you. And you get to slow down. You get to fire different neurons. You actually have your own Sabbath, your own ritual every day. The only thing I would add to that is just be conscious about it. Yeah. Go, go to, and, and David, I want you to speak about that, you know, because I, when, early on when we started talking to each other, I believe I started talking about, even when you start stretching, mm. you know, go to gratitude, go, go to gratitude, go, go to feeling your body, go inside. So to make as many moments as we can, for lack of a better word, we'll use the word holy, you know, just special important mm -hmm. so it's cool talking to, to so to so many runners because everyone who's listening right now knows about this special thing you know that, that we've got in our lives that yeah. brings a peace certain peace yeah and and i i think um 
you know, it's, it's a, I've always had these rituals, I think, um, you know, I've found some new ones and I've, you know, I've called it a ritual now and <laughs> given it a name and, and thought a little bit about, you know, why it's, uh, why it makes me feel better and, and, and feels more centered. And, and you mentioned it earlier, but, um, that, um, a conversation you and I'd had last year and, and, and how I'd, I'd said, you know, one of the toughest things when I'm, um, injured is, is actually taking, taking the step back and, and, um, and slowing down because there's, you know, as, as so many runners will, will attest to, like, it's, there's so much anxiety that comes when you get injured. Um, particularly, you know, if you're getting ready for a race, you know, training's been going well and then poof, all of a sudden, you know, you've got a stress, stress fracture or a pulled muscle or, or something. And, and the first thing, and, like let it in it's it's normal is the anxiety comes in and and uh and you know crap what am I going to do what's going to happen and um and that's an important like you, you kind of need that to to kind of get the ball rolling on on your next steps like what what's my plan from here um but I think yeah one of the things that has I've gotten better at over the years is is factoring into my planning is is not just the rehab and not just the cross training, but you know, you, you most of the time you get injured because you've you've overdone it, and uh, <laughs> and it's like it is a very uh, it is a loud um, call out to you saying, hey, you've overdone it. How about you take a step back? You know, you don't have to then um, uh, replace the intensity of your running training with intense cross training. Like it's actually like it's actually your body screaming out saying, Hey, like slow down. Um, and I think one of the challenges is, has been for me is like, well, yeah, that's one thing to slow down, but like, you know, I really love running and, and it is, and and it has been my ritual. So, so what do I do? What do I do now that I've kind of lost my, my main ritual? And, um, at least for me, like, I think, I try and think about well, what is it that, what is it that about running that just makes me feel whole, centered, um, you know, feeds into my identity. What 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 is it about it, and um, and can I take some of that and and uh, and still invest in that, you know, while I'm on the sidelines? And absolutely, you know, like half half of what I get out of running is just being outside, having some fresh air, and and uh, and being close to nature and you can still do that without, without having to run. Um, and then, and then just the, the, the practice of just, um, of yeah, mentally, mentally being away from all of your thoughts, you know, once you, once you get running, you know, your, your heart rate goes up, you start breathing harder and, and that's kind of like your distraction. That's your, that's your meditation. That's your mindfulness. Um, it's it's a it's a physical um physical way of of uh of investing in that in that in that mindful state and you know i think uh yeah that's that has been a challenge through so many injuries is finding ways um to still to still feel whole and um and centered um you know accepting that i need to slow down um and then finding ways to be okay with slowing down um yeah it's uh 
Yeah, I'm not. I, I've kind of gone around in a few circles there, but oh, no, um, no, I've touched on a few points. You reminded me of what um what Bert was talking about earlier about how we're we're always on the go. We're good at doing, 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 doing. And I've actually just finished listening to a book called The Molecule of More, and uh, it was a, a book that Joe Rogan recommended or, or spoke about, and um, it's all about our addiction to dopamine and the rush that we get from a release of dopamine when things are going in our favour and. Um, I'm really interested for whatever reason. I don't. I don't totally understand why, but I'm really interested in addictive behaviour. And I think as a as a young kid, I was I was probably a little obsessive compulsive with you know a lot of my training and and in element that was all an extension of my thinking. And um, I, I'd been on a bit of a journey to try and navigate how do I stop this causing stress in my life. And it, it's honestly been it's a, it's a lesson that like all great things at the time it was it was really difficult. But in hindsight, I'm like man, I'm, I'm such a such a relaxed person now due to learning these these strategies and um what i've realized is that there's a bit of a crossover between like whether you're addicted to your running or addicted to your phone or addicted to alcohol or addicted to like insert whatever it is that you're addicted to there's a there's a certain rush or a certain release that comes with participating in that certain behavior and for me it was like a um, I, I think they call it like intrusive thoughts. It's just another word for giving too much attention to a dumb thought that everyone has, and it sort of starts to to make you feel a little overwhelmed or whatever. And but what I didn't realize that there was a certain um, there was a certain release of energy whenever I would get so caught up in that thought that it made it addictive. And the first step in actually breaking the habit is just refusing to. Well, what worked for me was just I'm making it sound more clinical than it was. It was it, it wasn't. It was just a, it was like a, a period of trial that I just had to try and navigate and. Um, uh, what what made it so good for me was just refusing to attach emotion to whatever the thought was. And it was the most difficult thing, but throughout a – which is interesting because it's not necessarily attaching emotion or feeling the emotion. It's just being okay with the emotion that, that comes up. So you might notice the thought and your first uh, y- your first follow-on thought is, oh, my God, I can't believe this is back. Ah, this is so scary. Um, whereas if you just learn to – if you just learn to sit in the, the water of what that emotion is and not stress about the fact that it's there – it sort of subsides, it slips away. And it's funny, man, because I that, that same attitude really applied to my running. And um, <clears throat> that was sort of a long lead up to whenever I ran a PB, I would go through, I would go through, say, six months of training. And there was there was maybe frustration at the lack of progress. There was impatience. There was um, questioning about whether what I was doing was working. And then you'd go out and smash a PB. I still remember running 831 for 3K. Um, it was like the second time I'd broken nine. And I remember laying on a couch at my mum's house that night. I'm like, it's, what was I worried about? It's all worth it. This is perfect. But I think what I was, what I was really enjoying was the, was the emotion, the emotion of, oh, see, it was all justified. It was all worth it. And um, I, what I've tried to develop as I've gotten older is just that okay with, with and I showed you guys my little sign on my fridge a couple of weeks ago, just keep showing up. Like you don't, you don't need constant uh, influxes of positive emotion to be on the right track. Sometimes the the right track is like it's long and slow and boring and laborious and you, you know. It, yeah. But then you get somewhere like insert whatever it is a PB, um, whatever it is that you're chasing, and it, it seems to justify that whole process that you've been on. So it doesn't surprise me that so many athletes have trouble slowing down because from my own experience, the the doing 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 the emotion of all of that is. It feels so good. So why wouldn't you want it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I got to tell you, this this is it's really amazing being with you guys. I, I say I'll say it this whole time. But I'm sitting here. You, you start talking about addiction, and that's the next thing I was going to talk about. You know, 
before before you were talking about the Sabbath, I go, oh, are you kidding me? So <laughs> we're literally, you know, just getting to know each other, but it but it's happening so beautifully that we find out that we're I was thinking that like we're three peas in a pod here, you know, and I think we called ourselves three brothers, and we definitely are. But just as you were talking about the addiction, because that's kind of where this was going, is what do we get? What do we get attached to? You know, what do we keep on doing that, that we're not even aware? You know, that we're so connected to what? And, and then with Dave, and Dave, you said it, and everybody who, who's listening knows this, and I've already said it today that. Running is this beautiful thing. You get to release and let go. When I come back from a bike ride, I don't know what the word is, but I feel high for at least a few hours. I'm in a different peaceful state. I'm there. It's a beautiful, 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 beautiful thing. And I would say, if we were just think about the normal population, I'd say, you know, most people don't get to do that every day, right? One of the that I that I've heard is one of the one of the great definitions of addiction. Very simple, is that we need that peace. And just as the human spirit, if you go back in history, tribes would have ceremonies and beat the drums and and do beautiful things, and cultures have done things to get to this higher place, just built into the culture. Right. And all of us have this higher part. That there's a need to feel this deeper connection, but we don't do it that well in our culture. We just don't. It's not built into the system. So a beautiful understanding of addiction is when we don't have that beautiful feeling, the pain is pretty great. So we have to substitute it with something else, whatever it is. You know, it could be drinking and, you know, it could be television. It could be working. You know, it, whatever that is which is a beautiful, beautiful understanding of this, of just who we are as human beings, that we really need this beautiful place where we feel connected, that we feel high. So one is just all, all of us sitting here listening are blessed to have that. And I think just like you've done, David, and you know, a lot since we've been together, just to go, oh, I'm just not a runner, man. This is, this is a, I'm in heaven, <laughs> you know, I'm this, Besides trying to get better, I'm in heaven. You, and you get to do that every day. Mm -hmm. yeah. Dave, I saw you walk over to your bookshelf before, and I've been wondering what book you took off it ever since. I've been really excited. So I don't know if you've still got it in your hand there or if uh, you were just sick of my conversation. But I think you were going to get something to bring back to this convo. <laughs> yeah. No, so, uh, um, well, Bert was talking about his friend Scott earlier, and and uh, it was Scott you were talking about, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, how he arrived arrived for the ride this morning. He was grumpy. And anyways, I, I was fortunate to um, meet Scott last year and, and go for a few rides with Bert and Scott. And anyway, um, you know, as Bert was saying, a man of many talents, but uh, Scott's also uh, written a, um, a, a book of poetry. Um, so I was just pulling, pulling the book off my shelf because uh, he gave me a copy last year. It's called Imaginary Summits, Poems by Scott Baxter. Um, but, uh, yeah, it just, it just got me thinking. Um, and, uh, actually now that I, now that I read, read inside, he said for David, uh, see pages 41 and 68. So I'm, I'm kind of thinking maybe I should open up, see for pages 41 and 68. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. 
All right. I don't. I actually don't know if this is going to have any relevance to what we're talking about, but I might as well share what's on pages 41 and 68. Maybe, maybe it will. Um, so I'm on page 41, and there's a poem here called Internal Combustion. It goes, the runner's every foot, fall is to earth, what the bow drill is, to fire, each breath dawn, drawn, makes of the soul, smouldering tinder, life, a slow going up in flames. So that's kind of nice. And it, uh, it, uh, Maybe that's why. That's why. Maybe that's why I've uh, had this affinity for uh, for uh, candles and light and fires and and uh, and just coming coming back coming back to the center. It's kind of what running is, I guess. <laughs> coming back to your center. Yeah. Anyway, I'll go to page sixty-eight. See, then, I reckon I'm, I'm going to have to replay this four times. I, last year, I told you, um, Bert, that I was. That's why you go there, Dave. I haven't. I haven't got yeah. you going to a new page. I told you I was a massive fan of Bob Dylan, and he's always talking about T.S. Eliot. So I was like, all right, I've got to figure out who this T.S. Eliot guy is. So I bought one of his books, and I sat down, and I was like, all right, let me read poetry. And I sat down and read the first page, and I was like, I have no idea what this bloke's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. do, you want me to read, do you want me to read internal combustion again? Because I reckon it's, it's uh, I'll be honest, like it, it, it would take me a few times to read this to kind of get the, get the gist of it. Yeah, do you want me to read it again? I just want to step in just, you know, what you said, Tyson. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty because, you know, I think <laughs> good stuff. You read the first time and you go, huh? You know, <laughs> what, what is that? And then you read the second and go, oh, maybe I got some of that. Yeah. I actually just, it, you know, suggested a book for my book club. I've had to read it four times and I'm just beginning to get it, you know. And then <laughs> those are the ones where you know that, you you know, something's turning up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, read it again. Read it, read it again. All right, so this one's internal combustion. The runner's every foot. Fall is to earth. What the bow drill is. To fire. Each breath drawn. Makes of the soul. Smouldering tinder. Life. A slow going up in flames. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm kind of stuck on bow drill. I'm not sure. I, I'm not really sure what that is. But I was going to Google it straight after this podcast. I didn't want to admit it. Yeah, no, I, 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 that's three of us. All right. That's three of us. But how, I'll tell you, but the slow going up in flames, it's fascinating. Because as we were sitting around for lunch today, here we are 74 years old, right? You know, and we're, and we're out there biking. <laughs> and, we, and we're talking about, how much time do we have, you know? But but just to be able to sit down with your dearest friend and talk about that mm. tenderly, that, that creates a high for me. You know, even now that I repeat it, it's like, whoa. Me too. That tenderness of connecting. There's so many ways to do the ritual. Yeah. Actually, um, I'll read the next poem, but... Um, I'd actually, but we talked a bit about this last time and, um, and we talked about light and, and candle and flame and, and kind of why, why, is there, why is there something so meditative about it? Um, so maybe, Stu, on that, I'm going to read uh, 
I'm going to read the other poem that um, that Scott told me I should read. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this one's called Home Stretch Metal. In a pinch, when the chips are down, in the clutch or trenches, give me the likes of a Michael Jordan or Audi Murphy, two. Names off the top of my head from a host of jock hall of famers and a list of mostly posthumous Medal of Honor winners rounding the final turn. I like Citation and Man, O War, Shoemaker on Trigger, Billy Mills, Oedipides. So that one was called Home Stretch Metal. Wow. I got Billy Mills. Yeah, I got Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're right, Bert. You're right. And it's, uh, it is. it's one of those, and it's one of those art forms in a way that I, I, I was never taught to, to read it. Like it was, and I was not interested to read it when I was younger. Um, but it is. It's supposed to be chewed on, isn't it? Like you're supposed to twirl it around and think wow. about it and stew on it. And as you said, the cog will start to turn and, I'm sure if you read that to me 117 more times, maybe that's a new podcast, Dave. You can just read that to me for a whole hour. And I go, okay. <laughs> that's, um, so he's a talented man, Bert. Who's that? This guy, Scott. Uh, yeah. Oh, really, you know, he, he told me you know, back in the day when, when I, I not really, and I don't know exactly how this happened because he was the best rock climber, you know, around here and doing all these new routes. And, and, I, and I was afraid of heights. So how these two guys got together and one time we were out there and of course he would, he wouldn't take me on stuff that I couldn't go on. He would always take me on up. It's like if David took me running, he, he wouldn't, he'd run slower, right? <laughs> you know, because otherwise we wouldn't, we wouldn't be together. And, and he would always say that, that, uh, and it touches me to this day, he would rather climb with somebody who he felt deeply connected with than to climb you know, a, a real hard one, which he, he always did, you know, with somebody who didn't, you know, there's, so there was something that, that we created in our way, which other people would say, why are you climbing with that guy? Me, Bert, <laughs> you know, well, I don't know. We created some rituals <laughs> along the way that we have kept up to this very day. Isn't that yeah. something? Yeah. That you know, is, that really we cool. do that to this day. So back to just the rituals and really we're just back to going, Oh, what makes us feel whole? Mm. and connected and it's not fancy dave i wanted to ask you with regards to rituals while we're still on it and i'm sorry i've got to I feel like i've been this bloke i had to do this in my last podcast with riley cox I, I had an hour and then i had to say goodbye but um when it comes to ritual i think one of the most obvious forms of it is is sort of like a pre-race ritual you always see athletes down there warming up and getting themselves ready their headspace right their body right to to really fire, have you have you got one that just works, or is it something that you constantly tweak and manipulate depending on the event, depending on the time of year, or, or how cold the weather is, or anything? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, like in the um, the kind of stereotypical sense of of pre race rituals, um, I don't think I've ever really had 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 one. Um, 
Actually, I, I think when I was younger, I had a pair of race underwear that I wore. <laughs> but fortunately, I've um, outgrown that one. But uh, <laughs> well, they were you always kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, they're they're well and truly gone. Um, but no, I um, I don't think I look. I I, I guess uh, you know I do um, I do like to. Uh, I do like to slow down, um, you know, if, if I set if I set aside, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, you know, before race start time to, to do my warm-up, um, you know, I, I usually, uh, you know, I'll start with a jog. I'll jog 15 to 20 minutes and um, and then I'll come back and, and kind of I've got different stages. I've got my warm-up jog, then I've got, you know, I'll do some drills, I'll do some, you know, faster strides. And kind of in between each one, I, I actually just like to sit down. Um, and, you know, one, one of the reasons I like to sit down is just because, you know, the nerves start setting in and I like to, you know, nerves are good. It means, it means you care and, and you're invested, and <laughs> which is good. But, um, you know, they can, they can be sometimes detrimental. So I like to sit down in between each phase of my warm-up and just um, – just kind of take a deep breath and and catch my breath and and um i mean you'll probably you you might have i I can remember races in fact where um you know particularly big races where you know everything happens you know you get to the they call you to the the call room like an hour before the race so you know a long time before and then they say you know final check-in you know half an hour before so there's times particularly in those big races where you've got a lot of idle time beforehand. So um, you, you might have seen occasionally like I've gone out onto the, the tracks um, before a race and I've just gone and sat down on the track. You know, everyone's doing their strides around me and <laughs> I just sit down because I think, uh, yeah, it's kind of just my way of processing the nerves and 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 just sort of um, coming back to like, you know, what am I here to do? What What's, what's, uh, what's my plan, you know? Um, reminding myself I'm ready, I've done all the work, you know, um, reflecting on, on some, on some gratitude, you know, what's gotten me there and, and, um, and coming back to that. That's often, that's often a big thing. Um, you know, just being, being thankful for, for everyone that's helped me get there and thankful for being on the start line in good health and, and, and this and that. That's always a good, good sort of thing to, um, to cultivate a good, uh, good positive head headspace, but yeah, I guess in in the sense of rituals, I hadn't really, I hadn't really thought of them as rituals, but they are. I mean, it, they they at the end of the day, they're bringing you back, they're bringing you back to your, back to your center, um, and that's and that's kind of what rituals rituals are. Like, I I kind of said talked about them as you know constant repetitive um predictable um practices that uh, that bring us back in touch with you know who we are and and what we're what we're doing and um and uh and providing a sense of peace um potentially in the face of you know sources of anxiety and 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 worry um so yeah i guess i guess my pre-race rituals is is sitting down taking a deep breath and and just um yeah 
being grateful and um, going over the plan and and uh, and just sort of resetting. Mm. Yeah, really good, really good. I don't know if you've got anything to say there, Bert. I was going to ask um, Dave a question. I'm sure I'm not sure if you know the names of the blokes that I was about to mention, but did you have anything you wanted to say to what Dave just said before I ask? Uh, just only, I think it's fascinating how each one of us is talking about the evolution of our rituals you know that that whether it's reading poetry or whether it's doing the sabbath or whether it's being so each one of us and it's and it's interesting because i'm now i just want to talk to everybody who's listening to just think about the evolution and the ritual is just to, to you know to get us to a deeper more meaningful peaceful and literally a more powerful and at the same time very peaceful place but i think it's just beautiful to listen to us and then have everybody thinking and their heads going, I mean, how are my rituals increasing and how am I adding them to my life? And b- before I didn't think of them as rituals, well, but now, but they are. That's I, it was just beautiful to just to see the evolution here. Mm. Actually, I don't know if you guys have anything off the top of your head, but one, one group that you might be familiar with that really helped me, and this is to the listeners as well, is, um, is the minimalists. Ah, the, yes. Yeah. America, yeah. In terms yeah. of, um, and, and it applies to every area of your life, like all this stuff seems to do, just uh, getting rid of the excess to focus on what's essential. And these guys, especially their, their early stuff, I think they started their blog in 2008 or maybe 2009, um, and they've just gone on to develop a massive following. And every time I look at why they've got such a big following, I think it comes back, first of all, they've marketed it beautifully, the minimalists. Like it's just if you want to know about minimalism, that's who you go to. And second of all, uh, I think we all relate to this idea of doing, doing, going, going, more, 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 more. And there's something in us that's like, hang on a second, like surely we've got the wrong, surely we've got the wrong thing going on here. And religion's obviously not necessarily a hot topic in um, in a lot of the West or in a lot of places around the world. But um, <clears throat> it's so interesting how many spiritual concepts these guys bring up and just probably because they speak about it in a way that's understandable and mm-hmm. um I don't know. It just seems genuine. It seems honest. It seems refreshing, and it's it's nice. So uh, check those guys out because they, they've been a great help. I actually met Ryan, one of them, when he was over in Melbourne. I uh, I, I had a podcast I used to do Bert, in London called Intention, and uh, he was my he was my very first guest. And at the time, he was like my my big hero because I was so into the minimalist. And um, yeah, anyway, so so that's a great. has become a trademark of mine. A long winded answer for saying I recommend the minimalist. <laughs> well, you, touched, you touched on another another point there about you know um your religions and and um and kind of the the role that that rituals play in that and and all all three of us have uh you know we've all been um reading reading a book at some at some point i think we're all at different stages in the book but um joseph campbell's pathway to bliss and uh and and that is it, the I, I guess the cliff note summary of the book it's a uh, it's kind of a commentary on on um, all different religions around the world and and kind of the um, the similarities between them all um, and and the similar purposes that they each serve um, and and rituals rituals serve a, a serve a part in almost all ancient and and modern religions um, oh. and they they all they all serve a, a very similar purpose. It's it's kind of uncanny that you can have these religions develop on complete opposite sides of the world, and yet they're serving the same purpose. And and 
the, they're serving the human condition. Your human condition is the same um, wherever you are and, and whatever your culture and, and beliefs are and, and, and the, the form that they take and, and, and the, the nature of the particular ritual um, will be different for different people. But um, I think it's, a, it's whether you're religious or not, and, and I'm, I'm kind of in that category of, of not, um, it's, it's great to see that um, it's, it's not necessarily about the religion. It's about, it's about being human um, and, and rituals. Rituals are, a, are an important part of, uh, of, you know, keeping a good headspace, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, you, I'm you're going to ask David. That you're... Oh, no, I was, um, was going to round it out because there's been a couple of Aussies that Dave trains with who have just had some banging performances over the last couple of weeks. Um, Stuart McSwain and big, I saw a big Rambo ran a 351 mile just yeah. a couple of days ago, which was cool. I was just going to ask him about wow. if it's all that coming. Like there'd been some really hot performances out of this this crew, Burton. I was sort of, I'd like to go into it with you a bit more, you know, in a bit more detail because one of the things I always found tough when I was running was, um, <clears throat> you know, especially in the time where I was having a break or where I was laying low or um, was seeing people just start banging out some really good times in competition. You get a bit toey. And I was just going to ask Dave about how he's how he's perceived the whole thing. Like, obviously, he's stoked for your teammates, but is it a little bit of a fire to to get back into competition? Or oh, absolutely. I think it's yeah. There's it's all uh, it's all positive. I mean, I I um I'm a I, I love Stuart, and I've I've got a particular soft spot for um for Rambo. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Like a few years ago, when he was you know a uh, even younger. I mean, he's a young fella. He's only um, 22, 23, but back when he was sort of 18, 19. And I remember being up at Falls Creek with him and, and our coach, Nick gave me the, um, the unenviable task of being kind of the, uh, the, um, the head of the household of, of young folks. So I was staying, we were, we were doing this training camp and, you know, all the other kind of, all of my sort of contemporaries, older, older members of the group um, were all in another apartment and I was kind of stuck with all these young folks and um, I, I remember it just being, <laughs> I remember it being a very difficult few weeks and I remember I remember Rambo just absolutely getting on my nerve because he was, you know, he was a mess. Um, he, he was useless in the kitchen and, um, but, but I love the guy. He's a, he's a funny fella and, and, um, and it's been cool to see his progression through the ranks and, and same with Stewie. Um, and, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's super inspiring. Like I see, I, I, um, I and a lot of people in Melbourne track club, you know, have seen Stewie come through the ranks for like the last six or seven years. And, um, you know, he was training like an absolute monster, um, years before he, he had his big breakthrough. And I, and I'd say 2018 was kind of probably his big breakthrough and, you know, arguably, um, for for Matt Ramston this year is his big breakthrough and um you know I think there's yeah there's there's uh you know they've both got similar there's some similarities but also some differences between between the two of them and um and I you know I can I can I can take thing I can take positive things from both of them and and attribute the success that they're having to to different aspects but um I don't know. I, I could spend hours dissecting, you know, what makes them both great. But at the end of the day, yeah, it's it's um it's super inspiring and and uh, yeah, it kind of like kind of 
motivates you to well all right let's uh let's just get get ready for whenever whenever I've got an opportunity to race as well um but having said that I think uh both of them are uh, on a much steeper upward trajectory than I am so I think um I think I'll now be uh chasing them rather than the other way around well <laughs> certainly I, I've certainly been chasing Stewie for a while but um I think Rambo uh has uh taken a big step forward um in his last couple of races so good to say it is it is good cool. fellas i'm gonna have to love you and leave you always a always a pleasure oh uh, i think i'll probably post this one up next monday or thursday so i'll shoot you as a text and, and let you know when it's up but um hey sorry i sorry i got to run on you but uh, really really good to see your faces again <laughs>